Jacqueline. How are you? <laughs> Great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so can you tell us a bit about um, the hoo-ha um, extravaganza? Ganza? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, the 24-hour hoo-ha show is a bit of a spectacle. We've done one before, but it was a few years ago, and it's a show that runs pretty much continuously for a whole day. It starts at 8pm and finishes at 8pm the following day, and it's just unbelievable. So there are a lot of tired performers, um, but there's also a lot of fun and craziness. So how did you get involved with, um, you know, hoo-ha and, like, improvisation? Well, I've been improvising um, for about 10 years now. Um, I got into improvisation at university. I joined an improv group, uh, and we were kind of playing theatre sports games and, um, and that sort of thing. And then uh, I kept doing improv classes here in Melbourne, and... Uh, Hoo-ha was a, a group that I had seen perform and really enjoyed. I knew it was a lot of the players there. And they said, oh, we're, we're auditioning people. Um, and I went and auditioned and I was fortunate enough to be selected. So it's, it's been amazing. I've been with Hoo-ha for three years now and it's a really great collective of people, yeah, having a lot of fun together. Are there any um, favourite go-to scenarios um, when you're doing, like, improvisation, like a kind of character or, like, um, line that you like to add in? Uh, I'm I'm well known for my Scottish accent. Uh, it's <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. My sister lived in uh, in Scotland for a few years, so I perfected uh, trying to prank call her with with that. But uh, in terms of lines, I suppose we're always trying to find something that's kind of uh, original or obvious in the moment. So I don't necessarily have favourite lines I go back to, but um, definitely uh, this. Scottish accent magically reappears every so often. <laughs> um, how do you go about, um, you know, even being in a venue for 24 hours, like, let alone staying awake? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're really lucky with this uh, with this show. So, SoCol, uh, which is one of the venues that we're, the venue we're using this year, um, they're wonderful enough to uh, let us stay in their venue for the, for the whole 24 hours. And it's really a matter of I would say uh, excellent hygiene, lots of deodorant. Um, <laughs> Do you, like, incorporate also, that in the performance or...? <laughs> well, so this is the thing is um, we do have, a, like, a small interval every hour or so, mm. but uh, and that's enough time for, for players to kind of duck off and change a shirt or that sort of thing and give us a bit of bit of freshness, have, a, have some water or coffee. Um, but we're also lucky enough at the big hoo-ha that uh, we have quite a large ensemble and that means that we can swap over players every every hour. Or sometimes players will play for two or three hours, and then they might switch into a different position. They might be working the door, or they might be operating the lights. So it's a really good, um, really good chance to kind of see different sides of the improv machine. It's kind of it's not all just on stage. There are, we also have fantastic improvising musicians with us who help us either make up musicals on the spot. Some of the hours are uh, improvised musicals, and yeah, it's. It's, just, it's a really wonderful opportunity to see a whole bunch of very different improvisation. Are there any particular um, time slots that you would recommend? Well, I would say that um, there's going to be a midnight musical as well as a midday musical, and uh, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to those. I'm not playing in those, but I'm certainly uh, hoping to see my friends performing those because um, musicals are a bit of a sweet spot of mine. Um, there's also during the evening, the early hours of the morning, I probably should say, 
there's going to be a genre hour and a horror hour. So one hour where all the games and all the themes will be genre-based, maybe a Western or a sci-fi oh, theme. Oh, that would be fun, or a sci-fi Western. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there's a, yeah, then there's an hour when it's all going to be based around horror and horror tropes and horror stories. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So how else would you, like, prepare? Like, I know it's called improvisation, so you're going to be like, we don't prepare at all, but um, are there any, like, you know, as you were saying, having, like, a genre hour or something like that, are those um, to do with what you do, um, you know, as a trip together usually, or...? Yeah, exactly. Um, So a lot of people kind of think that the idea of improvising was like, oh, there's absolutely no rehearsal, but we actually train uh, quite often together, usually three or four times uh, a month, so roughly weekly we train together and we train a lot of the skills behind improvisation, so things like listening to partners, um, making sure that we're on the same page about a genre, so, you know, what what are all the, what are kind of the tropes of a Western? Well, we have a gunslinger and we have a, um, a sheriff and we have a bartender so kind of making sure that uh, we're on a similar page, we have similar understanding so that when people do go into a specific genre or start taking things in a specific direction, uh, we can start to not anticipate, but we can definitely understand where people are going. And that adds to the what I think is like one of the brilliant things about improvisation is really being on the same part, same page as people that you're on the stage with and really building a story, building a, um, an opportunity together. Um, yeah, I mean, if I, if I wanted to, you know, be a big star, I'd jump on a stage by myself as a stand-up. But mm. for me, the beautiful thing about improv is working with a team and, and working with other people to create something special. So there, are there any um, people, like individuals, that, like, have kind of helped you, you know? So many, so many, so many individuals and so many um, teachers... So many classmates over the years, uh, I, I literally do not have the time to list them all. Um, I've done classes with pretty much every group in Melbourne, um, Impro Melbourne and the Big Hoo-Ha and I used to perform with a group called Impro Box and just all of those, all those people, there's always something that someone teaches you along the way. Um, I wish I could say that I'd been mentored by some, you know, incredibly famous person. But, um, yeah, and when it comes down to it, it's, again, it's the people around you um, who really make you shine. And improv being so much about taking care of your partner, taking care of the person that is on stage with you, it's a really beautiful thing. We all take care of each other and it's a lot of fun doing it. I was just wondering what you learnt, because you said you were doing you did it in university, right? Yeah. Um. What have you learned about, you know, improv from when you first started out? Like, what have you kind of taken with you or, like, learnt as you've, like, journeyed to joining this troupe and doing this and that? I would say probably the most amazing thing I've learnt is that improv is life. <laughs> um, we, I mean, we often, um, we often kind of joke, oh, you know, you know uh, improvisation is easy. You just make it up like you do in real life because... At the end of the day, like that's we, we are all living and we're all um, living our lives. We're not living our lives according to a script. Um, we're all making we're all making it up as we go along. And obviously, sometimes the skills involved in getting on a stage and improvising in front of an audience are a little bit different. But the best thing I've learned over the last ten years has been that taking skills from from improv class about listening to other people, 
um, and active listening, not just kind of listening so that you can say the next thing you want to say, but yeah. um, really actively listening to people and not and not just listening to their words, but listening to their whole body language and watching their eyes, you know, are they are they saying, oh man, I love that, but their eyes are saying, I can't. I, can't I find stand that, that. I want to get slightly away from ironic here. with like us being on radio right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Little but, does she yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quiet! Don't spill my secrets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's been really wonderful to to take some of those lessons from improv class and take them into my life, and it's also made me more confident about taking my life and putting it into improvisation, taking things that are happening in the real world into onto the improv stage is happening, I think, more than ever. I think a lot of people, particularly comedians, we see the opportunity we have to talk about current issues, and that's a really wonderful thing, and we feel really passionate about things. We have a chance to put that on stage. Is there any example that you've, um, you know, something that you thought was um, appropriate to mention or something like that in your, like, comedy? Uh, it, it was very interesting the last year or two. I would say improv, at least in, in you know my, in my world, the, the improv I've seen has definitely become more political. People feel um, a lot more confident sharing their opinions on American politics and Australian politics and marriage equality, things like that. You know, kind of big issues that are coming up and big issues that we are all facing, and and how we feel about those things. Um, at one point, we did. We had to put a ban on Trump suggestions because <laughs> because we like. I we think that's just, fair. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> we would. We would just. We would get a Trump suggestion every night, and um, it was. It was like frustrating for us as well as for the audience because we'd kind of get to a Trump scene. Like, well, what do you do? You know, it's it's. Um, what do you do with a problem named Trump? Like, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I was also wondering. Is there anything that still slightly terrifies you or you hate doing when it comes to improvisation? Oh, uh, again, so many things. Um, <laughs> uh, wait a second, are you, are, you, are you interviewing me or is this a therapy session? Um, <laughs> well, <no. laughs> you tell me. No. Uh. <laughs> How do I feel about that? <laughs> no, uh, there, def- there are definitely many things that still terrify me about improvisation and that's kind of... Uh, a really wonderful thing. I think if you ever got completely comfortable, then what would be the point of doing it? Part of the joy of improvisation is not knowing what's coming next. And so even though um, I actually feel really comfortable now with not knowing what's coming next, Mm. certain things like if somebody um, kind of makes a suggestion for me to do an impression, for example, I'm not great at impressions. Um, (laughs) Not like that I know, I just, I'm, I'm the same I literally got called out one time in an interview for having a terrible French impression, and I was like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, um, you know, the person I was interviewing. I was like, I'm sorry, and they're like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, though. Yeah, so, no, um, I mean, I love my Scottish accent, but, um, no, impressions are still, uh, are still a bit of a danger zone for me. Yeah. And I would say also um, one of the hours in the show is called Danger Hour and it's a, 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 a danger zone. It's a, it's a danger zone, all right. It's a, it's a harken back to an old format we did at a previous uh, comedy festival, I believe, where um, all the games are dangerous. So there'll be mouse traps on stage. Um, the players might have to eat dry wheat bix things like that. And obviously within like the realm of... Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, how quickly can you eat 
three of them. Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, so Danger Hour is, is definitely, um, some people absolutely love Danger Hour and love playing in that. Um, I'm more than happy to leave Danger Hour to them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing we're not going to see any, um, you know, guest appearances from you in Danger Hour. Uh, no, I think I'll be happily ensconced uh, in in the uh, the back of the audience, just watching with like nail biting tension. Are there any um, characters you like doing? Like you said that you didn't like impressions, but like any like particular characters you are quite fond of. Like I am an avid. Um, I love doing you know like Scarlett O'Hara like. Um, going with the wind, you know, ah, you know, yes, um, yes. oh my, oh my, you know, <laughs> um, and that's my like go-to like character that I like betraying when I'm feeling like being humorous sometimes. Do you have anything yeah. like that? <laughs> uh, I, I definitely, I definitely do. Um, I have two or three characters I really enjoy going back to. One is an old woman uh, who, yeah, she and her husband hate each other. And so, Seems <laughs> and this is a, ca- a character I developed with a friend of mine um, in a show a few years ago, and we just we kind of keep finding opportunities to come back to that character. And yeah, this couple just like they're still together after maybe sixty years, but they just absolutely hate each other. They give each other rubbish the whole time. Um, another character, uh, I'm also a fan of the period piece. Uh, I'm pro- probably more of the uh, the Jane Austen oh, yeah. style. <laughs> I definitely enjoy, definitely enjoy a good um, kind of Lizzie Bennet esque character. Oh yeah, they're um, always good. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And I would also say, um, in the past, I've uh, was lucky enough to play in a like a science fiction inspired show, and I, I played like basically. A character really inspired by um, Doctor Who and uh, Doctor Who's assistant, his companion. So, um, yeah, I was really excited to play that sort of character and, uh, yeah, I'd love to go back to that one day. Yeah. So do you think that a lot of, like, your comedy and stuff draws out from, like, your own interests, like, in Jane Austen and, like, you know, you go into things that you enjoy and, like, you share that with other people and stuff? Absolutely. And I think I think that's a really wonderful thing about improvisation is it allows everyone to bring their personal delights in and kind of and share them with each other. A uh, dear friend of mine um, recent, recently moved to Sydney, but she w- is a huge fan of um, kind of the Regency era. She did a lot of research around that and then ran workshops for other improvisers to learn how to play more, more in kind of... Um, Gaskell, Jane Austen sort of era where, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, very, um, you know, kind of all the very um, English gentlemen and, and, you know, ladies sitting, you know, embroidering things, but kind of finding the deeper themes in that and kind of, you know, what what, what more can these stories tell us? It's really easy to kind of go for a very surface, oh, you know, a man is standing by the fireplace and woman is, you know, sitting embroidering, but mm. what else can we find out about these characters so that's always a really lovely thing is that opportunity to take something um that you're really passionate about i guess for me me it would probably be um science fiction Mm -hmm. so uh, i was super excited to be uh allowed into uh, allowed to play in this um doctor who inspired show a few years ago and um yeah i'm just i'm so excited to see people really taking their passion and making kind of making more art out of it making more improv out of it yeah um, is there anything else you want to talk like discuss um, about the show? Oh, I, I would just say that my favourite thing about it is that we're, we're going to see how many audience, audience members can make the whole 24 hours with us. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and hopefully we'll have a few people who uh, decide to take the journey with us. But um, even if you pop in for an hour or two, uh, definitely going to enjoy enjoy yourself and have a good time. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when is that on? The Big Hoo-Ha 24-Hour Show uh, starts at 8pm on uh, the 23rd of September and finishes on uh, 8pm the 24th of September. So, yeah, the final show would start at 7pm, but, uh, yeah. It's like um, travelling the international dateline. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Going into the future, you're, like, stuck in, like, a time warp or something. In there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, anyone anyone doing the entire thing would, uh, yes, you wouldn't know what would ha- what had happened what in the world outside while it had gone on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It'd be also entertaining to see if anyone, like, how many bathroom breaks or something like that that person makes. Anyway, that's just my personal <laughs> investment into I, this. <laughs> I think we may have to set up a scoreboard. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Just like how many people go to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> and then whoever, like, holds it in the longest, like, gets a prize or something. Oh, that would be just... That would be so, like, terrible to be, like, an audience member. I just... Yeah. <laughs> Well, fortunately, our audience can take a bathroom break yeah. any time they want. <laughs> yeah, I should have mentioned that. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for talking to us, Jacqueline. No worries at all. Thank you so much for having us.